You have just entered the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast with Ralph Vieira, also known as Dr. Fuck, Ian Wiley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, and Terrence Reedon, the Rock Sponge. Now spread those ear holes and let them turn your brain to mush. This is the Rocket Metal Combat Podcast. Hey, hey, it's me, Dr. Fuck from Thrash and I with another wacky adventure with my friend Terrence and my other friend Ian. I am a masochist, that's why Ian is my friend. Hello! And, Good evening, people. Yeah, and this time we are going to talk about the band Queen. and The uh, royalty of rock. The royalty of rock, yes, and... Uh, we're going to talk about their album called The Game, which to me was kind of like uh, the end of Queen for me. But then like they redeemed themselves with a couple of the later albums uh, before the late, great uh, Freddie Mercury left us. But to me, the Queen was on a roll all the way up to the game. And uh, we're going to talk about the game, but I guess like every episode, we're going to give a little... Uh, thing how we got into Queen and for me um, I'm really not too sure because Queen has been around basically all my life really um, I did own as a single uh, a 45 of Killer Queen and it could have been around the time it came out I'm not sure and I'm not sure if it was either Killer Queen or Bohemian Rhapsody my first uh, exposure to Queen but um, soon after that I I did uh, have um, News of the World, which uh, to this day is my favorite Queen album. And uh, I acquired all the Queen stuff back uh, when I was a young lad, because uh, I really did like Queen. I liked uh, the little singles I had, and uh, I basically owned all Queen albums up to the game uh, by the uh, early 80s. And uh, after the game, Hot Space... Uh, I was turned off to them, and I never really, uh, to this day, I don't, I'm not really aware of Hot Space or this kind of magic or, or the works, the works you know, all that stuff. I'm kind of vague on. Uh, the Miracle had a couple good songs I liked, and uh, was The Miracle the one with I Want It All? Yes. yes. Okay, that one I liked, and I really liked the Nuendo. Uh, no. Made in Heaven, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I know you like that one, Terrence, but maybe I should listen to it again. I was kind of like, I, I couldn't get into it. But I did like the... the was, Innuendo. Was uh, The Miracle before Innuendo? Yes. Just before. Yeah, those last two albums with Freddie, I did like uh, more Innuendo than The Miracle. Uh, Miracle did have quite a few fillers. But we are not talking about those. We're talking about the game. But that's all I have to say about Queen. And unfortunately, I never got to see them live. Uh and I don't want to see them live now because I just recently saw a clip of them doing We Are the Champions with whatever that guy's name is from American Idol. Adam uh, Lambert. Yeah, it was freaking horrendous. I was like, damn, and I really want to see, I would love to see Brian May live and Roger Taylor, but uh, no John Deacon, no Freddie Mercury, and you know, and maybe if they had somebody else, I'd go see it, but... Uh, it was just so bad. I, I just can't bring myself to go see Adam Lambert and Queen. All right, guys, that's all I got to say about Queen. Well, how about you guys? Okay, my introduction to Queen. Well, my mother hated Queen, funnily enough. So uh, Queen were forbidden from my house for many, many years until my parents divorced. And But I did always like the song Another One Bites the Dust as a small kid, and it was... Um, you know, my first proper exposure. And then in late 1990, my old fourth older sister had a recorded copy of the greatest hits that Electra put out in 1981 because their albums were out of print by 1990. I enjoyed what I heard from that greatest hits, which I made a dub of, but their albums were still unavailable for another year or so domestic wise. And then in 1992, when everyone was buying Wayne's World for Bohemian Rhapsody, my first Queen album was A Night at the Opera legitimately and then i just jumped through every album and my second queen cd was news of the world and that's still my favorite uh queen studio album which we all unanimously agree on this podcast 
everything they did from 1973 to 81, they did no wrong. Hot Space had its moments, but nah, a little too disco for my blood. The works, they did somewhat redeem themselves. The kind of magic was too British techno pop for my blood. The Miracle was a redemption, and Innuendo was a superb album, and um, I would have seen the Paul Rogers and Queen tour in 2006, but unfortunately, I had just moved to Florida and uh, didn't know anybody at that stage because I would have loved to have seen them with Paul Rogers because I'm a bad company and free and firm fan. But um, you couldn't pay me a million dollars to sit through Adam Lambert, that American Idol reject who only got famous because of that cucaracha, Simon Cowell. But that's my introduction to Queen. And uh, what do you have to say, Ian, old boy? Well, I, I guess you don't have to do a recap at the end of the fucking episode. You just went through everything, Terrence. Uh, Queen. Uh, I, I, I like some Queen, but I am not a fucking nut swinger like everybody else. Uh, they can do some wrong, in my fucking opinion, and have done a lot of wrong. Uh, a, a lot of wrong. Um, you know, probably, you know, because of my age, first shit I probably heard was like, we will rock you, we're the champions, you know, another one bites the dust type shit. Uh, I like a lot of Queen songs. I like, I would say I like more Queen songs than I like albums. Uh, we do all agree News of the World. I, I mean, I think you'd be an idiot not to say that's not their best album. Um, but uh, they, they do have some great songs. Brian May has a very unique guitar sound. Uh, Freddie Mercury is an incredible vocalist. Uh, John Deacon, Roger Taylor, all great musicians. But as a whole, I'm not on board as much as these two guys. But uh, we're going to get further into that when we get into the album. And uh, Ralph, why don't you start us off with uh, your opinion of the first track, which is Play the Game. Uh, yes, kind of like their title track, Play the Game. Uh, they made a video for this one. This one... I wouldn't actually like, you know, go, wow, this is an incredible song. But for some reason, it does hold a nostalgic value to me because this was on the radio a lot when this album came out. Uh, a lot of these songs were on the radio. This was a very popular, uh, full of hits, American hits. And to play the game is one of them. Probably the least hit of all the radio staples of the game. I do like the song, mainly because of Freddie Mercury's voice. Um... He saves a lot of Queen songs for me. There's some songs that if it was other people singing it, I wouldn't like the song at all. But he has such a rich texture to his voice that Play the Game is a beautiful, uh, kind of an odd opener, too. It's not really hard rocking. It's almost a little bit on the mellow side, but uh, I love it. I love the game. I think uh, Play the Game. I think it's a great song. Uh, Terrence? I have to concur with you. The beginning of play the game was actually the first time queen ever used a synthesizer on a queen album and it says on the liner notes and it begins with oberheim's being played backwards and then um then it goes into the beautiful ballad which is play the game and um what else can i say but a beautiful song john deacon's bass playing on it excellent brian may's guitar solos excellent roger taylor's drumming superb what else can I say about Play the Game but an excellent song. It's a damn shame it missed the top 40 on the singles chart, but it was a big hit on rock stations in the day, and occasionally a rock sta classic rock station will pull, pull this one out of the vault. And uh, what else can I say about Play the Game but excellent song. Ian, you better not bash it, you son of a bitch. Ah, oh, shit. This, this one punches me right in the fucking liver because I fucking love this song. I, I, I think this is the best song by far on the fucking album. Uh, I think it represents everything that I love about Queen is covered in this song. Uh, song structure-wise, guitar-wise, vocal-wise. I, I, I think this is just a really great structured song. I do agree with Ralph. It's a weird way to start the album. It's it's not like, uh, you know, usually you want someone's going to get you right out the gate, and this isn't that. But you cannot deny... Um, what a great song it is and I, as much as I wish I could there's nothing bad I can say about Play the Game and then that's going to lead us into Dragon Attack which uh, as with every ep every episode we do I'll go back and I'll revisit the album or sometime maybe you'll listen to it for the first time uh, Dragon Attack man this one caught me 
I was like, this is a badass song. And John Deacon's bass really stuck out for me on this song. Uh, this is one of like, wow, I can't believe this didn't catch me earlier. Really good song. Really good song. On the, uh, on the deluxe editions, there's a live version of this, which is really good. Uh, really good Brian May. Uh, Brian May wrote this song. Very, very good track. Uh, it, it, it's a deep cut, I think, because, you know, it, it wasn't a single, but a great, great song. Ralph, what do you think about Dragon Attack? If it wasn't for the song Death on Two Legs, this would be my all-time favorite Queen song. Wow. Uh, yeah. De- uh, Dragon Attack is my second favorite song from Queen and obviously my favorite song off this album. What a smoking, killer fucking tune. And great guitar solo, great groove, great vocals, great drums, great bass line. Uh, like I said, man, uh, it's up there, you know. And I love, a, you know, I love a lot of Queen songs, man, you know. Uh, but this one, I'd have to say, is my second favorite Queen song of all time. Dragon Attack, standout track for me. Uh, Terrence? I agree with you both. Uh, Dragon Attack just fucking rocks. Um what else can I say? My favorite part of the song was John Deacon's bass guitar solo. Highly underrated bass player. Why he was not ever in the top five bass guitarists of, in rock history, I'll never know. But he is was probably my favorite bass player of all time, funnily enough. Sorry, Getty Lee, but uh, John Deacon is your number in my honest, humble opinion. <sighs> yeah, I said it. No disrespect to Getty. But um, Dragon Attack, I fucking love this tune. Always one of my favorites. Um, and they did it live on, from 1980 to 85, and there's a live version on the deluxe version of the game, and there's another live version on the album recorded from the game tour in concert film, Queen Rock Montreal, and that version is actually the definitive live version of this track as far as I'm concerned. And I might as well start the next song, which was Queen's biggest American hit, written by John Deacon, Another One Bites the Dust. A song which John Deacon was obviously influenced by Chic, who had a hit in 1979 with Good Times. Obviously, his biggest influences were Tama and Motown and Soul. And he decided to write a, a disco tune. Originally, the song was about cowboys going shooting each other. But Freddie Mercury, but then John Deacon's like, nah, it doesn't work well with this disco beat. And then Freddie Mercury said, my dear, I'll sing it for you. Since John couldn't sing, Freddie sang on his demos, and then Roger Taylor had to deaden his drums to make it sound like a disco beat and things, and Brian May's guitar outburst, and Brian does guitar effects, which is why there's no synthesizers on this song. I know it gets burned out from overplay, but the song, I still have a weak, guilty pleasure for it, and still one of my all-time favorite Queen songs of all time, and, um, all, and it's superb live as witnessed on uh, the Queen Rock Montreal album in Blu-ray. What do you have to say about Another One Bites the Dust, Ian? And you better not hate it. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I loved it the first time I heard it when it was called Miss You by the Stones. And then, uh, and then it was even better the second time when it was called I Was Made for Loving You. What uh, fucking ever. But, but the third go-around, it was called uh, Another One Bites the Dust. And I love it. I, I love it. I never get sick of this shit. And I love that it's fucking disco, because Terrence, you love to fucking bash disco. But this is the most disco fucking... This is right up there with fucking Gloria Gaynor and all that shit. They are some disco motherfuckers right here. And it's, it's a great song, though, with a great beat. There's a reason why it was the biggest hit. And what's funny is this was even, charted even higher on the R&B charts when it came out. Uh, this is definitely the biggest uh you know uh queen song in the black clubs that's for damn sure but it's a great song all the way around but it's a total fucking sellout and it's a total like hey you know let's get a hit and uh you know i even loved it when it was called fucking do you think i'm sexy (laughs) Uh, michael jackson uh recommended the song be released as a single to the band yeah there you go uh, yeah, it's up there with Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. <laughs> I mean, it's standard disco by the fucking numbers, but it's a great fucking song, and there's a reason why it still stands the test of time, because it's great. Ralph, what do you think? Well, I think uh, this song is uh, 
not as disco as you, you both are really saying. I mean, it, it really. I don't think it's dis- is disco either. It does have disco elements, and uh, but it's not as disco as do you think I'm sexy or Absolutely. miss you or I. I um, I was made. I was made for loving you. Those are those are more blatant disco. And Gloria keep, tell, Ga- keep telling yourself that. And Gloria Gaynor, come on, dude. I will survive. <laughs> There's nothing similar with this or or the Rod Stewart because all the that drum had, the drum beat four on the floor. Uh, stand disco beat. Well, they stayed a four piece. No, 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 no. Four on the floor is a drum time. No, but I'm talking. Yeah, but I'm saying they stayed as a four piece. There's no elements like uh, Rod Stewart had keyboards and, and saxophones. And, I mean, they had they had like some special effects going through it, but you know, Gloria Gaynor had violins. I mean, you're stretching it there, man. Hey, exactly. hey, I admit I love disco. You guys just need to admit you love it too if you love this song. I do love disco. Now I am guilty of hating disco when it was popular back in the '70s. I wore, I even had a shirt. It was a disco ball exploding with a skull in it. And it said death before disco. I got caught up, but now in retrospect, I listen to that, and I love the Bee Gees now. And, and ABBA, forget it. I worship ABBA. And uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of disco stuff. I even I will survive. Gloria Gaynor. I'm like, you know what? Nostalgia wise, it's pretty cool. I, I dig <laughs> it. But I've always liked another one, Bites the Dust, and something neither one of you mentioned. Who knows? Maybe you guys don't even know this. But this song played backwards. You know what I'm about to say? Fun to smoke marijuana. It says it's fun to smoke marijuana. I mean, crystal clear. Well, I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know the song said it. Yeah. Listen to go on YouTube, punch in another one bites. It does backward masking or something. I mean, it is so clear. It's eerie. It's like it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's, it's very, very eerie how clear it is when you play it backwards. Uh, I love it. I love this song, uh, mostly for nostalgic reasons. Uh, it doesn't like, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's like even in my top 20 Queen songs, but it's a good nostalgic tune. And uh, let me go into the next one, which is Need Your Loving Tonight, which um, it is so to the point pop rock song. And I just love everything about it. It's simplistic. Uh, again, Freddie, that damn voice of his, man. It's just beautifully written. It's a very simple song. To the point, short. You know, don't bore us. Let's get to the chorus. Uh, great, great song. I love all the elements of it. Uh, probably my second favorite song off the album is uh, Need Your Loving Tonight. Love it. What do you think, Ian? Uh, first thing I thought when I heard this was Cheap Trick. You know, because because of that, that it, it does have a good pop accessibility cut, you know, to it. Um, not my favorite song. I think Cheap Trick does this kind of song ten times better. But uh, you can see the direction they were going. It's all it's all right. I would consider it a filler track, but it's not horrible. But uh, for Queen, it's a good song, and that's that's all I got for that. But I'm sure Terrence is gonna. You know, bow down and light a candle to it. So let's hear it, Terrence. Okay, I think I will. Need Your Loving Tonight. Like the previous song, was written by John Deacon. And unlike the last song, this was actually one of the few rock and rollers that John wrote for the band because, like I said, he came from an R&B background and the Beatles background. This does sort of remind me of Eight Days a Week from the Beatles and um, things that the Knack were doing at the time, My Sharona and What Cheap Trick were doing. And uh, this song was actually the fourth single from the album here in the States. And it just missed the top 40 by a cunt hair at number 41. Why, I'll never know because this song is so fucking epic. And I concur with Ralph, my second favorite song on the entire album. And I might as well begin the next track since I'm the last to talk. That's, of course... Freddie Mercury's Diddy, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, which was the first Queen song to ever hit the number one spot in the U.S. And the catchy tune sounds like early Elvis Presley, which was what the band um, was hoping for. In fact, Freddie Mercury wrote this while he was taking a bath in Germany. And then uh, Freddie, Roger, and John did the backing track, and then Brian May was out of the room. 
when that happened. And then Brian was going to use his red special for the Fender Telecaster solo. And then Mac, who produced the album, he also did work with the yellow. He said, you want to sound like Telecaster? Play Telecaster. So he grabbed one of Roger Taylor's Fender Telecasters, did, did the solo, and then bought one for when they did it live. And the song sort of was a resurgence in the rockabilly um, resurgence that was in the early 80s. And um, Queen always played this live. And my favorite live version is the one on Queen Rock Montreal with the version on Queen on Fire in second place. Ian, now your turn. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, I love this because I get to correct Terrence. Uh, (laughs) You said he wrote this while he was taking a bath. I think you misread that, son. He was in a German bathhouse. Big difference. (laughs) Big difference. You know, it's in the book with jackass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not in a in a German bathhouse, which means he probably had a hooded hooded monk in one mouth and fucking two in both hands. Uh, I hate this fucking song. I hate this fuck. It's probably my top three worst fucking Queen songs ever. Right, right up there with fucking bicycle race and fucking killer queen. I fucking hate this fucking song, and I hate Elvis fucking Aaron Presley. I fucking hate Elvis Presley. I hate fucking rockabilly. Elvis Presley's a piece of fucking shit. True kings of rock and roll are Chuck Berry and fucking Little Richard. Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley's about as fucking rock and roll as fucking Justin Timberlake. They're both a couple of good-looking dudes who can dance and sing, but couldn't write a tune and save their lives. How about Jerry Lee Lewis? Oh, uh, yeah, I love Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, the fucking killer. Jerry Lee Lewis has fucking talent, people. Elvis Presley has no fucking talent. He had a sweet jumpsuit, though. I'll give him that. I did like the jumpsuit, and uh, I love fried peanut butter fucking uh, banana sandwiches. But uh. Fucking, I hate this fucking song. I think the fucking rock ability, uh, you know, fucking, uh, I, I don't, the stray cats and fucking, uh, I don't know, the cramps and shit like that. This song fucking sucks. Fuck Elvis, fuck this goddamn song. Uh, the, the only good version of this song, uh, I did have on vinyl, it was called Chipmunk Punk. And the Chipmunks did a version of this, and they did, uh, You May Be Right by Billy Joel and Refugee by Tom Petty and, uh, I thought that was cool in fucking 1979 in fucking kindergarten, but uh, I hate, hate, hate this fucking song. Uh, but uh, you know, Ralph loves fucking Elvis and shitty songs, so let's hear what he thinks about it. I I really worship Elvis Presley, so fuck you. Yeah, I know. I'm a big, big fan of the King of Rock and Roll, and that's why he's called uh-huh. the King of Rock and Roll. Fuck Chuck Berry, dude. Seriously. Um, <laughs> Not oh, my type, but I love him. All, all, all Chuck Berry's good at is filming fucking women using the bathroom at his restaurant. Hey, and spawning uh, Keith Richards, the cockroach. And also, and also, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Chuck Berry has a video of him peeing on a girl. Yeah, let's not... show you. He invented that shit, not R. Kelly. Chuck Berry. It's always yeah. Chuck and, and Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13-year-old uh, cousin. That's right. There's a lot of that going on in New Orleans, isn't that true? I want to apologize to everybody in New Orleans. I did not mean that. Um, all right, so um, crazy little thing called love. Uh, I think the first time I heard this song was when they played this live on the show called Fridays, the same show that had the Kiss Elder performance. Um, oh man, I love this song. Of course I love. Oh, oh god. Of course I love this song, and, oh. and it's uh, it shows the diversity of Queen. I mean, they, they 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 were a band that can do a song like this and and it, and become a hit, which says something about Queen, you know. I mean, oh. um, and I like Bicycle Race too, and Killer Queen is very very special to me actually. Um, great song, great albums too. Sheer Heart Attack. Anyway, so getting back to Crazy Little Thing Called Love, uh, I love it so much that I did my own version of it, guys. Uh, you guys have not heard this, but before I play it, I just want to put a little warning sticker on this one. Anybody that's listening to the podcast now, if you have small children in the room, 
please remove them at once because I do not want anybody below the age of 35 to hear this because it's pretty perverted. This is my version of Crazy Little Thing Called Love. This song is called Crazy Little Thing Called Smut. Oh, yeah. at least that was fucking better i like that song a hundred times better than fucking queen well you gotta I, love smut man i mean tracy lords ron jeremy yeah. oh gee I, 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 I love smut ralph and i love you and i hate fucking queen's version of crazy little thing called love a crazy little thing called smut now that has potential so i finally got you to like a rockabilly song yeah, yes, yes, you, you got me there. Thank you. What did you think of that one, Terrence? I could not stop laughing. I, you, you know, you always make me laugh, Ralph. You're well, like you. comedy thank gold. You. Thank you, you very know? much. Uh, okay, let me go on to the next one. This next song is called Rocket Prime Jive. Now, uh, when we were going to do this, I, I had asked you guys to give me a little while to reacquaint myself with these songs because... Side two, I wasn't really as aware of as side one. Now, Rocket Prime Jive, I mean, I started listening to it and I go, oh yeah, I remember this song. It starts really beautiful. I love the intro to it. It's got that kind of like 50s doo-wop feel with Freddie's awesome voice. And then it goes into like this, in my opinion, like just generic rock tune. And with this little... Uh, Noise, I guess the synthesizer going beep, beep. That was kind of annoying too. Very, very uh, dated sounding. Ruins it for me. Without that noise, it's tolerable. But I still love the <laughs> hell out of that intro. The intro, I love. The rest of it is like, eh. That's what I think of Rocket. Go, take it away. Whichever one of you two. Okay, I think I'll take over. I'm a little more sympathetic to this song, of course. The beginning <laughs> is beautiful. Freddie singing, excellent. And just when you think it was going to be a ballad, comes in the full-throttle rocker, sung by drummer Roger Taylor. 
and he always was relegated to uh, B-side status. And um, he's got an interesting singing voice. I mean, you know, kind of Rod Stewart-ish. But, um, you know, he was always the rock and roller of the band. But um, I can defend the song. The, um, the song is an... I have a weak spot for the song. All I gotta say, it's a great song. And um, the the synthesizer things you do here were Oberheim OBX's making those weird sounds. So that was a synthesizer that was becoming popular at the time of the recording of the game. But um, the song, I, I dig it. And I know Ian's gonna disagree with me because he's got a hair up his ass <laughs> I got two of them but that was one of the funniest fucking reviews I, I uh, what you know the good the good listeners don't realize is we're communicating through Skype so we can you know we can hear each other we can see each other and the look on Terrence's fucking face when Ralph gave that review because Ralph started out kind of like yeah, this is kind of cool. And then, and then he's like, uh, fucking Terrence looks like fucking Marlon Brando in fucking Apocalypse Now. I mean, listen, the, the look on his face, the sheer, like, it went from a big old smile, like, you fucking took the wind beneath my wings. God damn it. <laughs> I was always reading my notes and seeing that. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. I, I, I got, and I couldn't agree with Ralph Moore. I was listening to this and I was like, okay, this ain't so bad because I, I wasn't that familiar with the song. And then it started in and then I heard that shitty fucking keyboard. And I, I love Roger Taylor's voice. I think Roger Taylor has a great voice. But a great voice does nothing on a fucking shitty song. And this is a shitty fucking song. I mean, this, this shit went south of fucking heaven real fucking quick. Uh... The only thing that keeps us from being the worst track on the fucking album is Crazy Little Thing Called Love. If it wasn't for that, this would be the worst fucking track. This shit was fucking horrible. But the the high point was seeing uh, seeing the sad look on poor Terrence's face. When King, when, King Ralph, when, when King Ralph told me he didn't like it. Ah, uh, yeah, so this is terrible. So I'm going to go into the next one, which is called... Don't try suicide. And here's where, you know, you think I would do the cliche, like, oh, I want to make a joke, like, this song is so bad, I want to kill myself. Well, kids, that's where you're right, because this is a horrible fucking myself. I'm like, oh, my God. You know, you know oh, man, this, this would have been ten times more metal if it would have been like, hey, try suicide. Yeah, you know, or, or how about try unprotected sex in a German bathhouse while you write another one bites the dust? Uh, that's a good one. Uh, this song is fucking tripe. It's fucking horrible. It's it, kooky. It's hokey. It's fucking uh, you know after school special fucking lyrics. It's fucking lame. It's uh. It, you know, Queen's done so much cool shit, and then they do shit like this, and it reminds me, oh, yeah, that's Queen. They do shit like that. Uh, fucking horrible, horrible song. So, so kids, if you like this, suicide. So you don't make more kids. Uh, Terrence, uh, uh, let's hear the flip side. Tell me why kids shouldn't try suicide. Let me stop laughing for a moment, you bastard. <laughs> try to tell why they should buy this album, because I, I think they don't try to buy this album. <laughs> Just give me a moment, you ass. I'm trying not to laugh here. Okay. The Freddie Mercury penned Don't Try Suicide to me is an excellent song. As a matter of fact, it has saved me from actually attempting suicide. Oh, I mean, wow. when I heard the song, fun out of the fucking room. God damn! It really when I first stuff. when I first got the CD in '92, thanks to my mom, may she rest in peace. I would, you know, be an autistic, you know, suicide and depressing thoughts have always been around. So the, when I heard this song, it was like a positive, uplifting thing at a time when Kurt Cobain was promoting depression and anger. Freddie Mercury, who had just died from AIDS and continued to make music and videos while he was dying proved to me hey if he can do that and die from a horrible disease then who am i to bemoan about being autistic don't try suicide actually is a very positive song i dig it i love it and the song tells you hey it's not worth to end it if you have a problem talk to friends talk to family you know reach out to people and what else can i say about don't try suicide but a 
an excellent positive sign. And I think Ralph might have to agree with me on that. Well, I will say one thing that, you know, you you kind of surprised me there, Terrence, because um, I thought that a song called Don't Try Suicide would actually be benefit uh, suicide to, like, uh, be eradicated. You know, uh, a song, Don't Try Suicide, people will listen, and nobody will ever commit suicide again. Luckily for me and Ian, it worked for you. <laughs> but for me... The song sucks so bad. <laughs> suicide continued, okay? It it's wasn't okay. that good, man. It just it just was such a shitty song that people kept killing themselves. It did no good. <laughs> but it did good to you. And you know what? Yes. Who cares about everybody else? As long as you're alive, Terrence. Hey, Thank you. we lost Cobain. <laughs> that's 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 true. Alright, so uh, let me go to the next song. Alright, this song is called Sail Away Sweet Sister. I got something to say about this one, alright? The reason why I love this song, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I was listening to this song and I'm thinking to myself, Jesus Christ, if you would have played me this without telling me it was Queen, I would have thought it was Kansas. It sounds like a really good Kansas song. Uh, Sail Away Sweet Sister is beautiful and correct me if I'm wrong, is it Brian May singing this one? Yes it is except for the bridge which is Freddie Mercury did the bridge, Brian May did everything else Great song, I I like this song a lot actually when I asked you guys hey give me 45 minutes so I can listen to this again, this was another song I had to revisit and uh, out of all the songs that I wanted to revisit this is by far the best one I love uh, Sail Away Sweet Sister Let's see. You said this song reminded you a lot of Kansas. Yeah, the band Kansas. All right, it reminded me a lot of Columbine, Colorado. Because <laughs> 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 it made me want to put out, yeah, it made me want to put out a trench coat and fucking kill people. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm, it's not that bad. Uh, this one, listen. So I will admit, the first, you know, I, I took notes. I listened to it a couple times, like I always do. Uh, first time, you know, didn't catch me. Second time, I was like. You know, that's not too bad of a song. So, uh, definitely not. Uh, it, it was definitely a great. The second time I heard it, I was like, hey, you know, this ain't too fucking bad. Now, I, uh, fucking, I'm sure Terrence is going to tell you it's fucking Hotel California. But, uh, but, I, but, I, but I think it's not too bad a song. So, what do you think, Terrence? Okay, well, here's why you school your ass. See oh, okay. See like Columbine. You're going to shoot me? No. I'm going to teach you something. Okay. Sail Away Sweet Sister, I actually have a little more background on. Brian May wrote it about the sister he never had because there's a dedication on the album saying to the sister I never had. And Roger Taylor jokingly called, said the song should have been called The Ballad of an Only Child. And, you know, Brian wrote the song wishing he had another per- person in his life to share his problems with. And I think the song is beautiful. Brian May sings most of it, except for the middle eight section, which is the bridge before the guitar solo, which was Freddie Mercury singing that falsetto part in the middle. But Brian does everything else, and Brian's voice to me was kind of like the Paul McCartney sounding voice as far as the singers go in Queen. Because Roger Taylor was more Rod Stewart, Brian May was more Paul McCartney, and Freddie Mercury, you couldn't put a label on him. But Sail Away Sweet Sister, beautiful song. Why it did not ever get airplay. I'll never know, but I friggin' dig it. And looks like I'll begin the next song or called Coming Soon. And Coming Soon is another Roger Taylor penned tune, and obviously it was influenced by the New Wave punk movement at the time because it's a song of that nature that just kicks so much ass. <clears throat> and um, Freddie's doing the lead singing for a change on a Roger Taylor tune, and it would not be the last time either. And it's double-tracked Freddie's singing... The verses, and then Roger Taylor and Freddie doing the choruses, and Freddie going into the on the outside of the tracks, and then Brian May's guitar solo on it, kick ass. And uh, what else can I say about coming soon? But an excellent, excellent song. And uh, I bet you Ian's gonna have to disagree with me on coming soon because I think coming soon fucking rules. Coming soon, boring. Boring. What a fucking boring fucking song. Uh, th- this is the queen I fucking come to know. 
And look, sounds like it would have fit in perfect on fucking uh, innuendo or fucking uh, kind of magic because it's kind of boring. Uh, this song does absolutely fucking nothing. Uh, yeah, this... I got nothing good. I, it's so bad, I, I, I don't even have like a good joke for it. It's just a boring, boring fucking song. Ralph, what do you think about Coming Soon? Is it even a song? I, I'm sorry, Terrence, no, no respect, but Coming Soon is just so disjointed. It, it doesn't even sound like a song to me. It's just... It, I don't know. It's it, it's a confusing uh, three minutes or three minutes and forty seconds or however long it is. Two minutes and forty eight seconds, forty nine seconds. Uh, very confusing to me. I don't really. Uh, I think they were in the studio saying, "Hey man, come on, let's come up with a good filler," and <clears throat> they, they failed at that too. Coming soon. Um, it couldn't leave. It, it couldn't leave soon enough. Soon enough. Uh, I, I don't care for it, sorry. Uh, let me finish the album, guys. Uh, the last song is called Save Me, which they made a video for. I don't recall this song being played on the radio when I was a kid, but I'm sure it was a signal since, since they did make a video for it. Um, you know, when it comes to ballads and you put Freddie Mercury on there singing it, I just have to love it. It's just the law of my brain loves anything that this guy sings that's a good mellow piano driven ballad i just love the hell out of save me i wouldn't put it up there with uh most of other ballads like you know um oh what's the one on uh on news of the world uh, fly away t- uh, spread, Ooh, your spread your wings yeah great song yeah it's kind of like you know uh, it's kind of like a lame attempt of uh Spread your wings, but I, I think it's great. I, I love again. Freddie Mercury to me saves a lot of songs. If it was somebody else, I don't know, like Adam Lambert singing this shit, it would suck, you know. But since it's Freddie Mercury, he knows how to perfect a song that's not perfect. That's the best way I can uh, describe "Save Me." Uh, Terrence, "Save Me" closes the album, and the song was released as a single in England, but not in America. I think it's because Electra Records were too chicken shit to do so. And in fact, this song, Coming Soon, Crazy Little Thing, and Sail Away Sweet Sister were recorded a year before the game album was actually released. They were recorded in the summer of 79, and then the rest of the album was recorded in early 1980. But Save Me is an excellent ballad, and Brian May wrote it from the perspective of another person who was in a relationship that completely fucked up, I can use that term. And what else can I say about the song? But an excellent song, and they did do this live for two years. And thank goodness Adam Lambert has not had the balls to attempt to sing the song, or I'd have to go fucking haywire and trash my bedroom. What do you have to say, Ian? You, you better not hate it, you bastard. Uh, 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 what I hate about it is I'm gonna kind of have to agree with Ralph. Uh, I don't know if it's a good song or if it's just like, the rest of the album sucks so bad that it makes it sound better than what it is. Because uh, I, I think it is a, truly a case of Freddie Mercury polishing a turd. Uh, it's, it's definitely not on par with their best stuff. But by the end of the album, I was like, whoo, sounds better than coming soon. That's for damn sure. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's an okay song. I, I don't hate it, but, uh, you know... I ain't the pretty Mercury nut swinger that the rest of y'all are. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, okay way to end an average album. And, uh, boy, it was all fucking downhill from here for fucking Queen. That's for goddamn sure. Uh, but uh, but uh, let, let's go to Ralph and uh, let's get Ralph's uh, final overview of Queen as a whole. Alright, I did describe what I thought of later Queen after the game. I didn't really go into that much of uh, the earlier stuff. Yeah, I did say that News of the World is my favorite album, but there is an album that comes very close to my favorite. uh, And I probably, I probably, you know what? I bet you I disagree with both of you. What? We both, we all three agree that News of the World is their best album. Alright, Terrence, what will be your second favorite one? Uh, well, probably Sheer Heart Attack. You, Ian? Uh, 
Might be sheer heart attack. I hate to agree. But... All right. I knew I wouldn't agree with either one of you because not a lot of people point at this album as a great one. But I think it's kind of a masterpiece uh, would be Queen 2. I love Queen 2. I think it's a great album. Didn't get me the uh, first time I heard it. but And also, when I was a little kid seeing the Bohemian Rhapsody video, I was, uh, this is back in the Don Kirshner rock concert days, not Wayne's World. Uh, I was always confused why Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't on Queen 2 because that video starts like the album cover. Uh, I think Queen 2 is an excellent, excellent album. The very first Queen album is very heavy. It's one of the heavier albums. <coughs> Sheer Heart Attack would be have to be my third. I love Flick of the Wrist. It's one of my favorite uh, Queen songs. And... Uh, uh, Miss Fire, I love Miss Fire. Um, it's just got a lot of great songs on there, and of course, uh, oh, and uh, not Day of the Races. Um, Night at the Opera. Night, Night at the Opera is a great, great album with my favorite song, Death on Two Legs. Um, I love with my car. Thirty Nine is an excellent, probably my favorite uh, Brian May uh, sung song, and Love of My Life, of course, is just phenomenal, profit song. Great, great album. That uh, you know what I would have to even put that one above Sheer Heart Attack. Uh, Day at the Races, believe it or not, I know it's like hailed as such a great album, but that would be my least favorite of all the early ones. Kind of like how everybody points at Destroyer, and that would be my least favorite of Seventies Kiss. Uh, jazz, I love, though it did have some hokey songs on there. Oh. Um, so, you know, I skipped over um, uh, News of the World because that is my favorite. Live Killers is an excellent, excellent live album. Great live album. And uh, the game we already talked about and the rest I already talked about. But Queen, uh, incredible band that I never got to see live. And it's wild that when Freddie Mercury died was right around the time that they were having a resurgence. And uh, because Wayne's World, uh, when Wayne's World was released, Freddie was on his last leg. I believe he died after the Wayne's World video. Three months before the uh, Wayne's World movie came out. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I know there was having, they were having a resurgence of sorts. I believe Hollywood Records already released. Uh, Their back catalog. Yeah, the back catalog that wasn't on CD till very shortly. 91. Before, and I bought all those uh, before Freddie died. I was like psyched because I never had any Queen on CD. Um, what an incredible band, and, and such a shame I never got to see them live. They did play, <clears throat> last time they played South Florida, 1977, with Thin Lizzy, Thin Lizzy opening up. And, uh, of course, I was too young to go. And uh, what can I say? I love Queen. Oh, and another thing, and I know, Terrence, you would be more aware of this, but there are two songs that Queen did that I don't know where they're from that I yeah. really love. Uh, all I know is they were on the Highlander soundtrack. Yes. Who wants to live forever? What album? Oh, the kind of magic. The kind of magic. What oh. a great, beautiful song. I oh agree. my God! You have, oh. no, you have no soul. Either. No, you no, I don't. You have no soul. No. That song gives me chills. My girlfriend loves it. I love Who Wants to Live Forever, and uh, Princess of the Universe. I don't know about that one. Uh, there was another one that's on. Uh, I had that CD, The Greatest Queen, or whatever. There was another song on there that I really liked that I wasn't sure what album was on. But, oh, forget it. Since I can't remember, you know it's not as good as uh, Wants to Live Forever. And then Show Must Go On, The Song Innuendo, Hitman, Chinese Torture, The Little Instrumental, I uh, Want It All. Um, uh, was It All Worth It? Was It All Worth It? All that rip. Damn straight. What a great, great, heavy fucking song. Uh, yeah, man. Queen was awesome, dude. One of the great bands of all time. And uh, just a damn shame I never got to see uh, Mr. Freddie Mercury live. All right. That's all I have to say about Queen. You guys? Well, I have before I give my final word, there were two more songs recorded for the game album that didn't make it to the album. One was a B-side called The Human Body, written and sung by Roger Taylor. Not a bad tune. But I oh, can it was see why horrible. I can horrible. see why they left it off the album because it didn't mix wise fit in with the rest of it. But I think it's a great tune. No, I but think it fit in. It fit in perfect with the album because it was horrible. Ian, <laughs> keep your mouth shut, you fucking lush. Okay. And then of course, 
there's a song called It's a Beautiful Day, which would be finished for the Made in Heaven album 15 years later. It started during the game sessions. It's just a spontaneous idea from Freddie. And um, I rank the 70s albums as followed. News of the World, Sheer Heart Attack, A Night at the Opera, um, Queen 2 is 4th, No Disrespect Ralph, then Jazz, then the self-titled, and I'm trying to think. News of the World. Day of the Races. Day of the Races. Uh, yeah, okay. Day of the Races would be at the bottom of my list as well. I'd have to agree with you. Thanks, Ralph. And uh, 80s albums, The Game, The Miracle, then The Works, then A Kind of Magic, then Hot Space, 90s, Innuendo, then Made in Heaven, live albums, Queen Rock Montreal from the Game Tour 1981, which has the only full live recording of the Flash theme and the Hero together performed as one on this double live CD from the Game Tour, plus a cover of Jailhouse Rock, which they did Elvis on almost like thrash speedball metal type thing. Man, and, Elvis uh, sucks. I love Elvis Presley. He sucks. The live version of Jailhouse Rock on this fucking kicks ass. Anyways, this is my favorite live Queen album. Then Live Killers. Then Queen on Fire at the Bowl, 80, Milton Keynes 82, then Hungarian Rhapsody, then um, Live at Wembley Stadium, and they're going to be releasing the Rainbow Theater 1974 concerts in the, in the next month, so I'm definitely going to be buying that. And they last toured America with Freddie and John in the VM when I was six years old in 1982. Sometimes I wished I was born in an earlier time, but such is life. You can't control when you're born and die. But um, what else can I say about Queen? But they're in one of my top ten favorite bands, and you know they were a great. You know they were they're one of my favorite bands. And um, I'll let Ian complain about Queen right now, and you better not disrespect him, you drunk son of a bitch. <laughs> really? You think I'm not gonna? Really? Uh, <laughs> uh, this is gonna be a hard one to do because, uh, admittedly. I don't know as much about Queen as you guys because there's albums that you've heard. That I have them all, but haven't heard them, haven't listened to them all. Uh, I don't know the first two Queen records. I, I don't. Uh, aside from singles, uh, uh, love, love, sheer heart attack, uh, night at the opera. Man, uh, I don't get it. There's some songs I like, you know, uh, love with my car, shit like death on two legs. Yeah, but there's some other shit. I never ever want to hear fucking Bohemian Rhapsody again as long as I fucking live. Uh, Day at the Races, eh? Fucking Jazz, eh? Got a couple good songs. What, what, what's that first fucking song, Mufasa or whatever? Mustafa. Yeah, whatever. That's the sound of the plane going into the fucking twin towers right there. That's that shit's fucking horrible. Fucking they actually horrible. did that live. In they did that full, uh, in, almost in full live on the game tour in 1980, Ian, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking horrible. That's horrible. That's that's a sound of Americans dying. Which then uh, uh, <laughs> which then they segued into Death on Two Legs, funnily enough. Yeah, exactly. Death in Two Towers. Uh, <laughs> fucking horrible. Uh, News of the World. Love News of the World. Of course, that's their best fucking album. Um uh yeah jazz sucked uh and i hate to do this i love live killers i think live killers is a fucking amazing live album that's probably out of all the queen albums that's the one i play the most it just got a good mixture of songs and i just think it sounds fucking it sounds like a great fucking live 70s album which it is uh awesome uh brian may and roger taylor hate it yeah, well, yeah, it shows how much they know. They're in fucking Queen. Um, but, uh, you know, the game, eh, you know, it's all right. Best thing they ever did was the fucking theme from fucking Flash, Gordon. I'll tell you that much. I remember, man, yeah, my, my dad took me to go see Flash Gordon uh, when I was six years old. And as soon as we got out of the theater, I made him fucking take me to the store so I could buy the 45. Because I love that fucking song. I still love that fucking song. Um uh, <laughs> I remember, like, when the whole fucking Wayne's World shit happened, I was like, well, man, maybe I need to go back and maybe I missed something on Queen. And uh, so I go to the record store. It's like, well, you know, drunk, you know, high decisions. I'm going to get there right before it closed. I'm going to get me a Queen record. And I think I wanted to buy News of the World. I didn't, I didn't have it yet. Well, because everybody's going Queen crazy, the only one they had left was Hot Space. 
So I took so I took it. I was like, okay, hey, it's got under pressure on it. What a fucking steaming fucking turd that was. Jesus Christ, that was I didn't think Queen could get any worse, but they would prove me wrong. Uh, uh, works. Uh, I, I gotta admit, I like Radio Gaga. And uh, uh, what was the other single off? I Want to Break Free. I like that song. Uh, did that one have uh, uh, Wait for the Hammer to Fall or something? Yes, good? I have the CD. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a good song. So uh, there's some songs I like. It's a hard works. life. I, I don't know. I don't know the whole album as a whole, but there's some songs I like on Works. And then they did that fucking steaming fucking turd to a great fucking bad B movie Highlander, uh, kind of magic. Who wants to live forever? Who wants to listen to that fucking song? Jesus Christ! That's just, the only ones I know who like that song is my buddy Randy, my old lady, and fucking Ralph. That shit. And me. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, and you, and fucking Marlon Brando. Uh, that shit's terrible. Um, what's after that? Uh, the miracle. I love I Want It All. That is a badass song. Loved it. I, I, I bought I bought the cassette single. That's how fucking old I am. Bought the cassette single. That was so good, I went and bought the album. The album was fucking horrible. Horrible. Uh, Innuendo. Uh, I think had maybe one good song on it that I, I thought was good. The rest was fucking horrible. Uh, I don't think... I don't... You know, there's... I don't think Freddie Mercury actually died of AIDS. I think he died of shame after he listened to fucking innuendo. Uh, oh my god, you know. And uh, you know, and I, I, I was friends with with Freddie Mercury, you know. Uh, no, no. I, back around the time the game came out, uh, you know, he called me one night. He's he's like he's like Ian. He's like I feel a little, you know. He's like you know, we're putting out this new album called The Game. It's not that good. I'm a little self conscious, and I'm worried about my teeth. I was like, well, why don't you grow a tremendous fucking dick broom to cover those fucking choppers and, uh, you know, and then we'll work on writing better songs. Well, fortunately, he grew the fucking dick broom to cover those horrible choppers, but he never got around to writing better songs. Um, Made in Heaven, never listened to. Uh, you know, I, I could give a shit fucking less about the fucking Paul Rogers fucking shit, because... Paul Rogers is a fucking hack. He had a fucking couple good... I mean, I like Free, and there's a couple good, you know, bad company albums, but The Firm, what a smoking fucking turd that shit is. The Firm fucking sucks. Radioactive's an alright song, and the only reason it's an alright song is because it's only like two minutes and 30 seconds. The rest of The Firm is fucking horrible. Horrible. Two albums. Yeah, I know. Fucking horrible. All the King's Horses and all the King's Men couldn't write a better fucking Firm album. That shit was horrible. Um, so, you know, at least John Deacon has some shame and refuses to participate in this fucking uh, Simmons and Stanley-esque fucking horror that they're perpetrating right now with fucking uh, goddamn game show winners. Uh, you know, they're, they're prancing out there. Now, I mean, I mean, have a little bit of fucking dignity, you know, or have a little bit of belief in yourself to start a fucking new band. You know, and play some Queen songs, but goddamn tramping that shit out there and calling it fucking Queen, is is as much as I don't give a shit about Queen, it's an atrocity, and and uh, and, and fucking Freddie Mercury's rolling over in his grave, uh, just so he can look at his ass. But and, um, um, John yeah. Deacon also uh, disapproved of the uh, cover of We Are the Champions, Brian and Roger did with Robbie Williamson, the atrocious remake of We Will Rock You for a Pepsi commercial in England with uh, Britney Spears, Beyonce, and Orange. I mean, Pink. Yeah, I, w- I was going to get to that, but you cock-blocked me. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah, so whatever. You guys love Queen. I'm, I'm not totally on board, but uh, you know, such is life. But what I would like to talk about is something we all agree upon even though it's all separate. I would like to talk about albums, movies, bands, something we all think is underappreciated that we want other people to check out. And uh, Terrence, give me something you think people need to check out. Okay. Well, um, this is a classic album, and I hope people will agree with me. Even in the Quietest Moments by Supertramp. To me, their best album ever. 
I apologize to Crime of the Century and Breakfast in America fans, but even the quietest moments, beginning to end, perfect. Give a little bit, Lover Boy, the title's cut, um, Downstream, Baba G from now on, and of course, Fool's Overture, the greatest Super Tramp song ever made, in my opinion. Just fucking epic. And that's my recommendation for uh, uh, music albums, and my recommendation for... Uh, TV shows is the old British cartoon Danger Mouse. Now that shit is funny. Colonel K, the chinchilla, Penfold, the hamster, Danger Mouse's petrified assistant, the villain, Baron Greenback, the toad. Please watch some Danger Mouse on YouTube. You'll laugh your balls off. If you're a fan of Money Python, you'll love these cartoons. Uh, Ralph, what do you got? Uh, interesting you brought up that Super Tramp album, Terrence. I will go and uh, listen to it because. I am a huge fan of Crime of the Century and uh, how how they can outdo Hide in the Shell in Asylum. I don't know, dude. Well, but I'll take your word for it. And what was the name of that song that you said is their best song? Fool's Overture. Fool's Overture. Let's see if it's better than Hide in Your Shell. I don't know, man. Because that is my favorite song from Supertrend. Well, and Roger it, Hodgson wrote uh, Fool's Overture as well. Yeah, and Asylum. I love Asylum. Me too. What, what a great, great song. Those two great songs. But I will look into it. Um, okay, let's go back. You know, I'm going to go back to the 70s, too. I want to highly recommend, though it's not for everybody, but uh, an album that I've been listening to a lot lately that I've grown up with is Sheik Your Booty by Frank Zappa. Yes. I love yes. that album so much. It goes all over the place. But, you know, songs like Broken Hearts Are For Assholes and Bobby Brown your mama um dancing fool i just love the hell out of cheek your booty it's double album of weirdness uh great musicianship but it's all left field right field i mean and then you know he does something like bobby brown that's pretty much straightforward and you know if you really want to laugh type up frank zappa bobby brown and listen to those lyrics they're just probably the most genius comedy lyrics you'll ever hear in your life it was just it's just so funny and so perfect too um chic your booty uh frank zappa and okay and i'll be like terrence too i'll bring up a a tv show now i'm not like terrence i'm not really big on the british humor but the young ones man that show to me is like the funniest thing england ever put out i can't get enough of the young ones uh, we recently uh, lost Rick Mayall, uh, who was uh, the star of The Young Ones. He played Rick, uh, the, the douchebag, uh, socialist. Um, and, you know, Vivian, Neil, and Mike. Well, Mike, you know, whatever. But Neil and Vivian, it's just... And what was cool was Vivian uh, wore a rock and roll overshirt in every episode. Um, great, great comedy. I highly recommend The Young Ones. And they also had a, kind of like a, a, a spinal tap-ish band afterwards called Bad News which was pretty <laughs> funny and since this is, this is a Queen episode I highly recommend everybody type in Bad News Bohemian Rhapsody you have <laughs> to see their version of Bohemian Rhapsody it's something else man it's really insane uh, so that's my recommendations uh, Sheik Your Booty from Frank Zappa and the British TV show The Young Ones Ian? Uh, I definitely got a Becky on Sheik Your Booty an amazing album. Frank Zappa, my favorite guitar player of all time. I'm a huge Zappa fan. Huge Zappa fan. Adrian Ballou plays on that album. Vinnie Caliuta. I mean, amazing, amazing uh, musicians on that album. Uh, I'm going to go with something old and something new. Uh, something new. There's a band out of North Carolina called Bloody Hammers. Uh, they have three albums out. The newest album is called Under Satan's Sun or some shit like that. But uh, great, great doom kind of, you know, I'm big into Sabbath sounding bands, that kind of, you know, fuzz, that kind of tone. Great, great band. Uh, man, they do an album, uh, they do a cover on their new album called, uh, or, I'm sorry, they do a cover of Alice Cooper's uh, Second Coming off of Alice Cooper's uh, Love It to Death album. That is amazing. And that just shows you how cool this band is that they would choose a deep cut like that. Uh, really cool band. I'm pissed off because I just found out they played in New Orleans Tuesday, and I had no fucking idea because I would have been there. But check out Bloody Hammers. Great band. 
And as far as something old, I think people really need to go back and listen to a great Deep Purple album called Come Taste the Band. With, uh, you know, a lot of people dismiss it because uh, Richie Blackmore just left to form Rainbow, but they had a hell of a replacement in Tommy Bowling. And uh, I, I absolutely love this album. Incredible guitar work by Tommy Bowling. Great vocals by Glenn Hughes and David Coverdale. And it's a really, really underrated album. Um, they they just put out a documentary about this lineup. It only lasted for one album, one tour. And I think the, the, the DVD is called Rise of the Phoenix. or Phoenix something. Rising. Phoenix Rising, there you go. Uh, great documentary. It's a great album. Uh, I mean, if, if you love deeper, if you just fucking love music and 70s hard rock, Check out Come Taste the Band. Uh, do yourself a favor. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Uh, in closing, I'd just like to tell everybody thanks for listening. Please come to the Facebook page. Please come to the YouTube page. Please go to iTunes, like us, and leave comments. We want to talk to all the fans. Thank you for listening. Uh, Terrence and Ralph, do you have anything in closing? Uh, I'm glad you brought up Phoenix's Rising. What a great, great documentary. Well made and an incredible story. Like uh, where they played that one country where one of the Indonesia, Indonesia, where one of the members were murdered. And uh, I would uh, let's not spoil it for anybody. But man, the way this person was murdered is insanity. It's just an insane story of what went down. And I also want to add that only five miles from my house, Tommy Boland died of an overdose from heroin. He died in Hallover near Hallover Beach, which is only five miles north from where I live. Um, great. Uh, I, I, I would like to say, uh, you know, let's let's be honest here. That fucker OD'd at Rouse House. That's cool. everybody knows that. And um, you know, during the um, Come Taste the Band tour, I think it was in one of their shows in England. John Bonham ruined their performance midway during a performance. John Bonham ran on stage and says, "I'm John Bonham of Led Zeppelin. I just want to say we have a new album out called Presence, and it's fucking great." And then he turned to Tommy Bowen, and he goes, as far as Tommy Bowen's concerned, he can't play for shit. Wow. It was in the Hammer of the Gods book from Zeppelin. I read that. I was like, oh, you know, man. You know what? I have that book. And, oh, no, no. Is it that one? Is there another one? Uh, Richard, what was his Richard name? Cole. Is that the one he wrote? No, that's it's another one. Richard yeah. Cole wrote another one. I have that book. Um yeah, we should talk about rock books for now. We should do a review on a rock book soon enough. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, and yeah, I highly recommend uh, Come Taste the Band. Great, great album, too. Uh, well said there, Ian Might. And, thank you, uh, sir. And thank you, Terrence. I'm going to go listen to that Super Tramp now uh, when we sign off here because I am a fan of uh, the 70s Super... Well, just crime of the century, really. And uh, Breakfast in America I like somewhat, too. But I'm a fan... I'm a uh, fan of your mom, and she's a tramp. And she's from the 70s. That's right. And uh, what do you call it? And she's a super tramp. And, uh, well, I mean, um, come next week. Listen to us next week. We're going to have a special guest who happens to be a fan of the show. And it's going to be a killer topic. I have a feeling sparks will fly because there's one of the three of us ain't going to agree with the dude. And we're just going to go at each other's throat. Let's see if this guy can hang. With the three musketeers here, Ian, Terrence, and Doctor Fabulous over here, and uh, that's my that's my spiel, guys. So uh, my closing uh, statement is uh, thank you all for listening. I like to thank my two buddies, Ralph and uh, Ian, aka the brothers I never had, and um, I'm looking forward to the next uh, episode. And we love you and good night. Hail Satan. Jesus loves you, Divey.